Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 241 of the best show on the internet. Of course, this is the RR Show. So grab your tea and your popcorn. I'm Andy, by the way, and today I'm taking you into r slash nuclear revenge. So nut up or shut up and let's go with our first story from LOL What Mufflers. Fire me for speaking up. <laughs> well, enjoy going out of business. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Many years ago, I worked at an automotive repair shop that was owned by a very nasty person. This person actually had two shops that he ran. And the best way I can describe him was as a tyrant. Both shops had cameras, and he would watch us work from the comfort of his home. If he saw something he didn't like, such as taking a five-minute smoke break or not sweeping for half a minute during downtime, or if he just wanted to bust balls, he'd call the shop and harass us. Or better yet, at times, show up and harass us in person. In addition, he would regularly berate us for no reason, threaten to not pay us because the shops weren't busy, and would have an absolute meltdown if you dared question his authority. It was spectacular in the worst of ways. After working for him for a few months and dealing with his shenanigans, shall we say, and getting sick of pointless arguments with him, I started reconsidering my employment there. About the same time, the owner decided to move me from one shop to the other, really for no reason other than likely to try and push me out, as that was what he did with the few people that I had already worked with. Odd coincidence being that I had not discussed my thoughts of leaving with anyone, but I digress. I genuinely dislike the idea of working at this other shop. It was older and a bit run down, plus it was in a pretty terrible area with high crime. But I wanted to line something up elsewhere before I jumped ship, so I made the move. This is where the beginning of the end started for old Mr. Owner. Once I got settled into the new shop, I got to talking with my fellow technicians. As it turns out, the owner was unsurprisingly a racist scumbag and every single one of the employees at this location aside from me was african-american i'll spare you the details but let's say it's a miracle that the owner came into the shop said what he said and walked out breathing in addition he would regularly send people home with no pay for the day just to be an ass so this went on for a few weeks him coming by being nasty to all of us and i was over it I was just about to leave as I lined up other employment. The other techs were also over it. I went to give the owner my two-week notice via phone, discreetly, which I should have known wasn't a great idea, and instead of discussing it like a human, he decided to come down and talk face to face. Well, our friend was so incensed that I put my notice in that he forced me to clock out and go home, and also forced two other techs who decided to stand up for me to do the same. 
I decided I had had enough of this guy's shit and that not only did he deserve to have some kind of reciprocation against him, but the other techs deserved better than to continually be walked on. So, I filed a complaint with the Department of Labor and outlined everything. Within a few days, they'd launched an investigation and, of course, the owner found out who filed the complaint and called the shop and gave me hell about it. Stupidly, because the phones he had were on recorded lines. Guess who I had request to listen to that conversation? In the end, I was terminated by him prior to my two weeks being up, as were the two techs who stood behind me. I filed for unemployment, which he fought me on by filing appeals with a judge, then not showing up three times in a row. This prompted the judge to bar him from requesting appeals against me and granting me full unemployment pay. Months later, I got a written letter from him extending an apology and offered to work for him again. Two months after that, I got a letter from the Department of Labor saying that the investigation was closed and that he had been found guilty of multiple charges and was barred from operating a shop or any other business in the state for several years. Right, our next story is from Mace Valve, town forced to bulldoze new development after building on land they don't own. Hi Reddit, I've got one gem of a story that my grandfather told me about his hometown after he came home from World War II. It has to do with a tree farmer, a corrupt mayor and over 20 homes getting bulldozed. Enjoy! At the end of World War II, thousands of troops were heading home, starting new families and wanting to move out of the city. There was a major housing boom all around the county. People couldn't move out of the cities fast enough and developers could not build homes fast enough. There was a ton of money to be made in the construction business, which led to some underhanded building practices. One such practice was starting construction before the land acquisition was finalized. Enter my grandfather, G. After serving as a pilot during the war, he came home to a very different town. When my G went off to fight in 1942, the town he described leaving was tired and worn down. But to his amazement, the town he saw stepping off the train in 1948 was anything but. Newly paved roads, traffic lights, new homes, new homes that just went on and on. He actually got lost on his way back to the family farm due to the new main town road being rerouted while he was away. But what took him by surprise the most was the new development being built on his childhood friend John's tree farm. This was surprising to him, mainly because he knew how much the farm meant to John and his family. The farm went back at least two generations, but my G just guessed that the developer made John's family an offer too good to refuse. However, that thought was shot down later that evening during his welcome home dinner back home. It was my great-grandmother who tipped him off that something was off. He couldn't recall exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of, Oh, I just wish John was still alive to be here. My G nearly choked, not because of the news, but because John was not dead. He was still in Hawaii. My G had gotten a postcard from him not but four days before. Turns out, while John was off in the Navy fighting the Pacific Theater, John's dad had suffered a stroke and passed away, and his mother passed away less than a week later from a broken heart. More than likely, John was never informed of their passing and now 20-plus homes were being built on their land. 
My G about ran out of the house, jumped in his father's Model T and raced down into town to send one bombshell of a telegraph to John in Hawaii. John, your folks passed. Farm now being built on. Come quick. G. My G never got a response back. He figured that John must have fainted from shock, then jumped up and ran to the Navy base to get the first boat home. Because he was back home in less than four days. Oh, and he was mad. According to my G, when he burst through the door of the mayor's office, everyone in the room looked like they were about to drop dead. The poor desk clerk was fumbling over his words trying to talk to John. Then the mayor came out of his office to see what all the commotion was about. As soon as he saw John, he went white as a sheet, then ran back into his office and locked the door. Getting nowhere at the mayor's office, John went to the next town over and hired a lawyer. What followed was a seven-year court case that ended in the mayor being sentenced to eight years in jail and the developer going bankrupt. Turns out that after John's parents passed away, John wasn't able to be contacted for some reason and was just assumed dead. So when an out-of-state developer wanted to build homes in the area, the mayor just permitted them to start building on John's farm for a hefty kickback, of course. Also, because of John's lawsuit, the developer couldn't finish the pre-sold homes, which ended up in more lawsuits. In the end, the mayor and developer and the town ended up having to pay John close to 45000 bucks, which is over 752000 today. And then the farm had to be returned to its prior condition. To say John was happy would be a vast understatement. Today, John's tree farm is a nature reserve, and the story of the corrupted mayor is all but forgotten except by a few locals. John passed away in 1999. My G's been back to his hometown a few times to visit his grave and check on the old tree farm. Well, this next one looks somewhat interesting. From Hehehebo, I, 15 male, indirectly caused the death of my abusive ex-stepdad. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky. So, a little backstory. When I was nine, my mum met a man who, for the sake of the story, we'll call Jay. Jay was an unremarkable man. He was a chef and he was from New York, living in South Philadelphia at the time. My mum, being emotionally unstable, decided to give him a try after lots of past relationships not working out. 
Seriously, she had bad taste in men. And I feel it is a good time to mention my dad is dead from a drug overdose. Philadelphia man, drugs are everywhere. So my mum was desperate for someone that could be that guy who was good to her and me. She gives Jay a chance and out of nowhere, boom, Jay has cancer. Came out of the blue and my mum's heartstrings were pulled by him and she was attached to him for good. I was nine at the time, so of course I was a stupid kid who never thought my mum could be wrong. Well, I didn't notice her getting black eyes, but my grandfather did. So one day at a corner store in my neighborhood, he decided to beat Jay black and blue. He was stuck on the couch for days and looking back, it brings a smile to my face. But he convinced my mum that my grandmother, who was manipulative, manipulated my grandfather to beat him up, so we have to move on. After an intervention was held, holy fucking shit I was there, it was wild, my mum had decided to move. We packed our things in our van and I held my 90 pound Rottweiler on my lap and we moved to fucking Florida. Chapter 2. Fucking Florida. I'm going to admit, life kinda sucked here. For five years, I was stuck in such a dumpster fire of a state with no family support. My mum was abused daily and I was mostly mentally abused. I also lost my great-grandmother at this time and I wanted to go back to Philly for the funeral, but Jay said no. Eventually, in 2021, my mum left Jay. And then, the worst night of my life happened. Chapter 3. Halloween 2021 I was still in Florida, shocker, and I went trick-or-treating with a younger friend. At this point in time, my mum was paying for Jay's new apartment and she just wanted him gone. Well, he broke into our apartment, took my puppy for a walk, weird time to care about a dog while committing a crime, but hey, my dog had fun, and smashed everything. My mum decided instead of calling the police, she would confront him, with me, alone. So we went, and as a precaution, my mum had a knife on her. We went, and when we got there, there was a girl with Jay. A fight ensued, and I called 911. I also beat the everlasting shit out of Jay. Unfortunately, my mum couldn't see that and thought Jay was winning, so she stabbed him. Non-lethal, his fat got in the way and he didn't go to the hospital. So when police showed up, they gave a good look at my mum with choke marks from the fight and arrested her for assault and breaking and entering. Chapter 4. Leaving Florida and having a very merry Christmas well, the trial came and went and my mother is off the hook, but she will be a felon until a completion of a program. So we left him in Florida and decided to move back north to New Jersey. I know my mum breaking up with Jay was on account of me because I was pushing hard for it. Life continues, but November comes round and I received news that made me burst out in laughter. Jay's sister came forward and told us he shot himself in the head. I even read his suicide note and everything. I ruined his relationship with my mum and karma came back. Life goes on and he dies unloved and alone. Next up from Ultimate OT, my ex-fiance refused to respect my boundaries, so I married his best friend. Back in 2019, I had just moved my long-term partner into my house due to a series of poor life choices on his end. It had been a rocky relationship for most of its duration. But I was young and dumb. 
I believed this was him wanting to commit and truly start our lives. By early 2020, we were engaged. I was a full-time university student, sole caretaker for my mentally disabled mother and taking care of the house and our pets. He worked a standard 40-hour week, minimum wage job and refused to help with any aspect of life. I found out on Christmas Day 2020, he had been unfaithful and had forgotten to tell me. He was planning on leaving me but had informed everyone except for me because he was failing to secure a new residence. Apparently, his fuck buddy didn't like him enough to let him move in. At this point, it was very little love lost and I expected he would be moving out within the coming weeks. Fast forward three entire months and his search for a living place was non-existent and he was acting more and more entitled. Clearly, by this point, he is an unwelcomed freeloader who has taken up residence in my living room. I was about to secure an eviction notice to get him off my couch. He began swiping Tinder, with his phone volume loudly on. I told him to not do that in my presence as it was highly insensitive to do it in my home and he could do it in private. This continued, so I told him I would sleep with one of his friends. It was said in a moment of anger and was more of an empty threat at the time. However, I am known for seeing goals to their completion. I messaged the guy who was supposedly my ex's best friend and the best man for the wedding. It turns out he didn't even consider my ex a close friend and my ex had acted similarly terribly to this guy previously as well. We bonded over our terrible experience, hit it off really well in general and started dating. I was upfront about what the catalyst for me to reach out to him was. After two years of dating, we were married April 2nd. He watched me graduate with that bachelor's degree my ex disliked, I'm halfway through my masters, and my husband works in a specialized steady field that supports us. Last I heard, my ex got kicked out of his dad's house, never was able to officially date his side chick, and has not made any choices to better his life. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. 
Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.